Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Heather Namaste podcast. I'm your host, Heather Alexander, and today what we're really going to get into is the third and final installment of uh, connecting to your intuition. And these last three episodes have really just been about, you know, the different techniques and things that I used to really strengthen my connection to my intuition, to my higher self. Um, And today's episode is a story that I wanted to read out loud for you guys because this particular story really kind of cracked me open in a way that I was really kind of astounded at how much just by reading this story, I read it multiple times and several times out loud to friends and family, but just by reading this story, I was able to connect so many dots inside of myself. And not just reading the story, but reading the the writer's perspective about the character's situation as she's going through, you know, what she's going through in this story. And if you haven't yet, I would absolutely recommend reading the book, Women Who Run With the Wolves by Clarissa Pincola Estes. And this book is amazing. Again, I would definitely recommend it to anyone and everyone. I think that this book is phenomenally incredible at helping you to really align yourself with this wild woman archetype. And I don't mean like wild woman, you're out there in the streets doing who knows what, but really the wild woman of yesteryear, the woman who was connected to the earth, to nature, to, you know, her surroundings and, you know, the type of person who has the ability to commune with nature and the earth and all the animals and whatnot, Um, as well as being able to have that divine connection to our intuition which again if you've listened to any of my previous episodes on this exact subject our intuition is highly associated with our higher self which is right next to and it's like right next to your higher self is right next to source to god to you know great spirit in the sky whatever you want to call it And so that divine connection is really a divine connection to divinity itself. So without further ado, I want to read to you the story of Vasilisa. This is the story of Vasilisa. Once there was, and once there was not, a young mother who lay on her deathbed her face pale as the white wax roses in the sacristy of the church nearby. Her young daughter and her husband sat at the end of her old wooden bed and prayed that God would guide her safely into the next world. The dying mother called to Vasilisa and the little girl in red boots and white apron 
knelt at her mother's side. Here's a doll for you, my love, the mother whispered, and from the hairy coverlet she pulled a tiny doll which, like Vasilisa herself, was dressed in red boots, white apron, black skirt, and vest embroidered all over with colored thread. Here are my last words, beloved, said the mother. Should you lose your way or be in need of help, ask this doll what to do. You will be assisted. Keep the doll with you always. Do not tell anyone about her. Feed her when she is hungry. This is my mother's promise to you. My blessing on you, dear daughter. And with that, the mother's breath fell from the depths of her body where it gathered up the soul and rushed out from between her lips. And the mother was dead. The child and her father mourned for a very long time. But like the field cruelly plowed under by war, the father's life rose green from the furrows again, and he married a widow with two daughters. Although the new stepmother and the, her daughters spoke in polite tones and always smiled like ladies, there was something of the rodent behind their smiles, which Vasilisa's father did not perceive. Sure enough, when the three women were alone with Vasilisa, they tormented her forced her to wait on them, sent her to chop wood so her lovely skin would become blemished. They hated her because she had a sweetness about her that was otherworldly. She was also very beautiful. Her breasts were bounding while theirs dwindled from meanness. She was helpful and uncomplaining while the stepmother and stepsisters were, among themselves, like rats in the awful pile at night. One day, the stepmother and stepsisters simply could not stand Vasilisa any longer. Let us conspire to make the fire go out and let us send Vasilisa into the forest to Baba Yaga, the witch, to beg fire for our hearth. And when she reaches Baba Yaga, well, old Baba Yaga will kill her and eat her. Oh, they all clapped and squeaked like things that live in the dark. So that evening, when Vasilisa came home from gathering wood, the entire house was dark. She was very concerned and inquired of her stepmother. What has happened? What will we have to cook with? What will we do to light the darkness? The stepmother admonished, You stupid child! Obviously we have no fire, and I can't go out into the woods because I am old. And my daughters can't go out because they are afraid. So you are the only one who can go out into the forest to find Baba Yaga and get a coal to start our fire again. Vasilisa replied innocently, Well, all right, yes, I'll do that. And so she set out. The woods became darker and darker, and sticks cracked under her feet, frightening her. She reached down into the long, deep pocket of her apron, and there was the doll her dying mother had given her. And Vasilisa patted the doll in her pocket and said, Just touching this doll, yes, I feel better. 
and at every fork in the road, Vasilisa reached into her pocket and consulted the doll. Well, should I go to the left or should I go to the right? And the doll indicated yes or no or this way or that way. And Vasilisa fed the doll some of her bread as she walked and followed what she felt was emanating from the doll. Suddenly, a man in white on a white horse galloped by and it became daylight. Farther on, a man in red sauntered by on a red horse, and the sun rose. Vasilisa walked and walked, and just as she came to the hovel of Baba Yaga, a rider dressed in black came trotting on a black horse and rode right into Baba Yaga's hut. Swiftly it became night. The fence made of skulls and bones surrounding the hut began to blaze with an inner fire so the clearing there in the forest glowed with an eerie light. Now the Baba Yaga was a very fearsome creature. She traveled not in a chariot, not in a coach, but in a cauldron shaped like a mortar that flew along all by itself. She rode this vehicle with an oar shaped like a pestle. And all the while she swept out the tracks of where she'd been with a broom made from the hair of a person long dead. And the cauldron flew through the sky with Baba Yaga's own greasy hair flying behind. Her long chin curled up and her long nose curled down and they met in the middle. She had a tiny white goatee and warts on her skin from her trade in toads. Her brown stained fingernails were thick and rigid like roofs, so curled over that she could not make a fist. Even more strange was the Baba Yaga's house. It sat atop huge, scaly, yellow chicken legs and walked about all by itself and sometimes twirled around and around like an ecstatic dancer. The bolts on the doors and shutters were made of human fingers and toes and the locks on the front door was a snout with many pointed teeth. Vasilisa consulted her doll and asked, Is this the house we seek? And the doll in its own way, answered, Yes, this is what you seek. And before she could take another step, Baba Yaga in her cauldron descended on Vasilisa and shouted down at her, What do you want? And the girl trembled. Grandmother, I come for fire. My house is cold. My people will die. I need fire. Baba Yaga snapped. Oh, yes, I know you and your people. Well, you useless child, you let the fire go out. That's an ill-advised thing to do. And besides, what makes you think I should give you a flame? Vasilisa consulted her doll and quickly replied, Because I ask. Baba Yaga purred. You're lucky, that's the right answer. And Vasilisa felt very lucky she had given the right answer. For Baba Yaga threatened, I cannot possibly give you fire until you've done work for me. 
If you perform these tasks for me, you shall have the fire. If not, and here Vasilisa saw Baba Yaga's eyes turn suddenly to red cinders. If not, my child, you shall die. So Baba Yaga rumbled into the hovel and laid down upon her bed and ordered Vasilisa to bring her what was cooking in the oven. In the oven was enough food for ten people, and the Yaga ate it all, leaving just a tiny crust and a thimble of soup for Vasilisa. Wash my clothes, sweep the yard, and clean my house. Prepare my food and separate the mildewed corn from the good corn, and see that everything is in order. I will be back to inspect your work later. If it is not done, you will be my feast. And with that, Baba Yaga flew off in her cauldron with her nose as the windsock and her hair as the sail. And it became night again. Vasilisa turned to her doll as soon as the Yaga had gone. What shall I do? Can I complete these tasks in time? The doll assured her she could and to eat a little and go to sleep. Vasilisa fed the doll a little too. Then she slept. In the morning, the doll had done all the work and all that remained was the meal to be cooked. In the evening, the Yaga returned and found nothing undone. Pleased in a way, but not pleased because she could find no fault, Baba Yaga sneered. You are a very lucky girl. She then called on her faithful servants to grind the corn, and three pairs of hands appeared in mid-air and began to rasp and crush the corn. The chaff flew in the house like a golden snow, and finally when it was done and Baba Yaga sat down to eat. She ate for hours and ordered Vasilisa on the morrow to again clean the house, sweep the yard, and launder her clothes. The Yaga pointed to a great mound of dirt in the yard. In that pile of dirt are many poppy seeds, millions of poppy seeds. And I want in the morning to have one pile of poppy seeds and one pile of dirt all separated out from each other. Do you understand? Vasilisa almost fainted. Oh my, how am I going to do that? She reached into her pocket and the doll whispered, Don't worry, I will take care of it. That night, Baba Yaga snored off to sleep and Vasilisa tried to pick the poppy seeds out of the dirt. After a time, the doll said to her, Sleep now, all will be, bo- all will be well. Again, the doll accomplished these tasks, and when the old woman returned home, all was done. Baba Yaga spoke sarcastically through her nose. Well, lucky for you that you were able to do these things. She called for her faithful servants to press the oil from the poppy seeds, and again, three pairs of hands appeared and did so. While the Yaga was smearing her lips with grease from her stew, Vasilisa stood nearby. What are you staring at? barked Baba Yaga. May I ask you some questions, Grandmother? asked Vasilisa. 
ask, ordered the Yaga. But remember, too much knowledge can make a person old too soon. Vasilisa asked about the white man on a white horse. Aha, said the Yaga fondly. That first is my day. And the red man on the red horse? Ah, that is my rising sun. And the black man on the black horse? Ah, yes, that is the third, and he is my knight. I see, said Vasilasa. Come, come, child, wouldn't you like to ask more questions? Wheeled the Yaga. Vasilisa was about to ask about the pairs of hands that appeared and disappeared, but the doll began to jump up and down in her pocket. So instead, Vasilisa said, No, grandmother, as you yourself say, too much knowledge can make one old too soon. Ah, said the Yaga, cocking her head like a bird. You are wiser than your years, my girl. And how did you come to be this way? By the blessing of my mother, smiled Vasilisa. Blessing, screeched Baba Yaga. Blessing? We need no blessings around this house. You'd best be on your way, daughter. And she rushed Vasilisa out into the night. I'll tell you what, child, here. Baba Yaga took a skull from with fiery eyes from her fence and put it on a stick. Here, take this skull on a stick home with you. There, there's your fire. Don't say another word. Just be on your way. Vasilisa began to thank the Yaga, but the little girl in her pocket, or the little doll in her pocket, began to jump up and down. Vasilisa realized she must take the fire and go. She ran for home through the dark forest, following the turns and twists in the road as the doll told her which way to go. Vasilisa came through the forest carrying the skull, with fire blazing from its ear, eyes, nose, and mouth holes. Suddenly she became frightened of its weight and its eerie light and thought to throw it away. But the skull spoke to her and urged her to calm herself and to continue toward the home of her stepmother and stepsisters. And this she did. As Vasilisa came nearer and nearer to her house, her stepmother and stepsisters looked out the window and saw a strange glow dancing through the woods. Closer and closer it came. They could not imagine what it could be. They had decided that Vasilisa's long absence meant that she was dead by now and her bones dragged away by animals and good riddance. Vasilisa advanced closer and closer to home and as the stepmother and stepsister saw it was her, they ran to her saying they had been without fire since she'd left and no matter how hard they had tried to start one, it always went out. Vasilisa entered the house feeling triumphant, for she had survived her dangerous journey and brought fire back to her home. But the skull on the stick watched the stepsisters and the stepmother's every move and burnt into them. And by the morning, it had burnt the wicked trio to cinders. <laughs>